this is Blythe Baines, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto. <clears throat> this is Nick Nolte again. <clears throat> Sorry, I just swallowed a maraschino cherry pit. <clears throat> okay, listen, um, 72 hours, right? You had 48 hours. Eddie Murphy, Nick Nolte, the great Nick Nolte, and Eddie, Eddie was okay. <clears throat> and you had another 48 hours, and we got it done. But now, the, the next one, I, I don't know, 72 hours. Why not? Why, what can you not do in 72 hours? You know, we find the bad guys, we put them in jail. We have a good time. We have some laughs. Ninety-six hours. We're gonna need ninety ninety-six hours. That'll that that'll work. Uh, I gotta call Walter Hill. Thank you, Inspirado Projecto. Ah. Nick Nolte, thank you so much. Are you calling me from the... Oh, that's a fire engine. I think you're calling me from the uh, police car that's driving past. Thank you so much, Nick Nolte. I love that idea of 96 hours. That's that's more than anybody could ever ask for. In this day and age of prequels, sequels, sesquicentennials, bicentennials, quad... Quadcentennials, quantum tennials. That's like a quantum amount of ennials. <laughs> ennials. Ennials. Millenniums. Why do they call mil- millennials? Why don't they just call them millenniums? Because then it's like millennium falcons. Just call them falcons. Fifty-five a.m. It's uh ninth, September ninth, nine nine, nine nine. Is Nikolai Tesla discovered three, six, and nine are actual living entities? Those numbers are living entities. They are alive. I suppose, in a sense, all numbers are alive. Otherwise, numerology wouldn't wouldn't be a, a thing. A thing. Hey everybody, I did a thing. Here's a thing. Oh, that's a thing? That's a thing now. That's a thing now. That's a thing? Oh yeah, this thing. I got a thing. The thing I gotta do. A thing. The thing I gotta do. So I woke up. Woke up, got out of bed, realized I was out of coffee and scratched my head. So I wrote down a list and took a pick. And turn on my podcast and talk to you. We're going to uh, get a few things. Gonna get a few things. Now is this the uh, scooter shop here? Is it's uh, it's uh, shaping up nicely. I think. I think it's shaping up real nicely. The uh, the trucks have pulled in with these scooters that they're bringing into the into the place. 
which used to be Eddie Brandt's video store. If any of you remember Eddie Brandt's video store, it was an iconic video store. Iconic. That's where I met Angeline. It's another iconic Hollywood uh, situation. A Hollywood thing, if you will. The Angeline Thang. Look up Angeline Billboards. A-N-G-E-L-Y-N-E. Billboards. Angeline Billboards. And uh, go down a little rabbit hole there. We'll go down a little rabbit hole. So, uh, in one of the past podcasts, I talked to Tony, my buddy Tony, who worked at that video store. And uh, in in that episode, if you listen to it, you'll hear Tony tell tell us some something. The question is, can you find that episode? And what is the thing I'm talking about? It's big news. If you can find it, it's big news. I didn't label it. I didn't label it uh, because this is very special news. And uh, very, very special news. Once it's announced... Um... Those of you who heard it will know once the actual news is announced as to what's happening here. But it concerns the uh, Eddie Brandt's video store. They had to put it all into storage. And I think they actually, I think they closed down before the, before COVID hit. They were just great people. You go in there, you get all these really out of print or obscure movies. I even gave them a, I gave them a, let's see. I think, I think I gave them all of my VHS tapes now that I think about it. I think I just donated them all to him. I also gave him a copy of Max Neptune and Menacing Squid, and that felt real good, knowing that uh, my movie was in a video store. That was awesome. So Eddie Brands, they would sometimes have movies in there that um, you couldn't pay for to rent. But they were they were just sort of I don't know I don't know what it was but there were certain movies that like, maybe they weren't allowed to rent or something but they they would give them a they would like basically if you'd rent a movie you could sort of borrow one of these other movies without basically having to rent it I don't know if that makes sense or not good day <laughs> and so hey so you'd basically I don't know you, maybe it was a movie that was Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they had special movies like that, but it was really cool because it's like, oh, if you rent these three movies, you can also borrow that movie, you know, take it back, of course. So just a really good group of folks. And uh, in one of these episodes, Tony told us what happens with that building, where it's at right now, where it's going Who's connected? That's the aspect I can't talk about. Anyway, we're about to uh, go into the grocery store here. Thank you for listening. We'll talk more later.
So in a previous episode, I told you about Randonautica, which is an app. And I'm still trying to wrap my brain around it. I think the motivation of these people making this was, I think they're all enthusiasts of synchronicities. From what I understand. From the little I understand. Uh, They're all, they're big fans of synchronicities. And what happens is this number generator, it, um, it generates these uh, random numbers, goes through this like quantum, um, Marky's going to be the soundtrack. Um, it generates these random numbers and it finds you coordinates and there are three different ways of finding like of finding a point first of all what you do is so you download this app and the idea is that you put out an intention you say I want to do this Jenny and I set out to find fairies fairies, leprechauns forest creatures you know and um, so we went to two. We went to two locations. The first, uh, so, okay. So you put out an intention. I want to find, let's say, f- leprechauns, fairies, forest creatures. And then on the app, there are three different kinds of um. Jeez, I don't know what you call them. Different points that you can choose from. Uh, I, I can't even, I don't even know how to describe them, really. Um, and then I think it asks you to choose a particular source that's going to generate the random, the random numbers for you. I get the idea that it comes from a specific location, like it's not just on the app. I guess the app is used to, to connect with one of these locations that then generates your numbers and so the first place that it took us was an area where there's a lot of construction going on actually a lot of construction was going on and it's right kind of out near the front of a house kind of out near the front of a house uh, so Jenny and I just we tur- we were like okay well let's go to another location so and I put in the coordinates for this other location now something strange was going on with Google Maps in the way that and I, I don't use Google Maps I use I use Waze uh, so I, I don't really know how to activate it but I did do the location you know I turn on the location and everything uh, but Google Maps wasn't doing like what Waze does for me, where it kind of goes, okay, this is this is where you're going, and turn left if you miss that street. You know, if you m- miss places or you make the wrong turns, it it'll 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 give you alternate directions. Well, this was not. This was just kind of showing where we were on the map and where the location was that we had to get to. So, um, and, and you know how maps look like it'll look closer than it really is or farther than it actually is. So we went down, uh, and around and over to over by universal studios, there's a parking lot over there. And so I was following along on the map and it took us down around this corner that kind of ran along the side of this bridge that, um, goes up to Ventura Boulevard in some in some strange way and uh so but it was interesting because there was a dead end where we where we went to and I noticed that we still weren't where we were supposed to be we were on the other side of it on this you know on the other side of this wall basically and it said it was an eight minute we were still eight minutes away but the we're, interesting thing was we we pull up to this sort of dead end area and Jenny goes, Hey, there's a laptop bag up there. 
wonder what's in that laptop bag. And it was up on this hill. And so I went up there and I brought it down. It was heavy. And so it, it, it the uh, zippers were closed with a string. There was a, a string that was tied. It, it had tied the zippers together so you couldn't open it really. So Jenny, luckily, she had a knife in the trunk. And I used that. We open it up and we open up this bag. And inside were these stones. These, they looked like something that would go like along the roof of a house maybe or or the top of a a fence or a gate like a like a concrete or like something maybe that would go around the house you know around the like uh where you where you garden or something but there were these stone shaped sort of like kind of curved they were curved they were straight on the on the one side but then if you imagine like you know whoop 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 like a like a hill, you know, like a, like a semicircle. That's okay. That's how I could just go like a semicircle and a semicircle, semicircle. So this was kind of like cut in half this piece. You could tell there was two pieces that fit together. So on the top of the laptop bag was one half of the piece on the bottom of the laptop bag was the other piece. And jammed inside, there was a bunch of styrofoam. I, t- I, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. There was nothing in the pockets. There was nothing in there that would suggest... Like, I, I couldn't... But there was no clue. There were no clues. There's nothing to suggest that it belonged to someone or, or any clues as to how it got there. But So we just thought that was quite interesting that here we were, even though we kind of stopped and we went the wrong wrong way... I'm putting in quotes. We ended up at this laptop bag. So then I was like, oh, Jen, we're, we're, we're on the other side of this thing. We've got to get around. So we're driving around, driving around. And that ends up at a uh, dead end in a residential area. And the place that we were looking for was like right on the other side of this fence. That um, And I think the people were home. But... It kind of went down a hill. This, oh, interesting, interesting. So the first one was up on top of a hill. This one was kind of on the side of a hill. And so um, once you go over the edge of this little, this like little barrier here, then there was sort of a hill um, and this sort of like bank that led a, uh, like a, like a, like a path that went along the uh, Los Angeles River and uh, I was t- Ryan McGonigal had called me at that time so I was talking with him about stuff and so Jenny and I we decided to hop over, go over the fence and just go over the edge over the hill and we decided to go walk towards this one area where and it's interesting because the LA River was there and then there was like a bridge there's another bridge so that's kind of interesting because woodland creatures like trolls trolls are known for being under bridges and when I think of fairies and gremlins and I think of trolls goblins dwarves all those kinds of like woodland fantasy creatures uh so we went towards one direction and then there was like a fence over there, it was there was it was someone's private property, and said, "Smile, you're on camera." But we went in that direction because there was there was sort of like some nature over there. And then uh, I was like, "Oh, Jenna, let's go in this other direction towards towards the bridge." It looks like there's some like some some bushes and stuff over here. So we're walking along. We start. We we notice all these beer bottles lined up. There's some like whiskey bottles, just some like liquor bottles, kind of lined up in a, in a in a line. And then beyond that were four or five bottles of beer. It was an IPA, and the IPA is called Elysium, and that and it was the space dust, <laughs> the st- space dust brand. And if any of you know the space dust brand, on the bottle is. A, it looks like a fairy. It looks like a little woodland creature. It's a little green-faced 
creature. It totally looks like something like I'm immediately thinking of uh, the Jolly Green Giant uh, and his and that little guy. Ho ho ho! Green Giant. And then there's the other little guy with the all in green. But when you think of elves, you think of leprechauns and fairies, and you know they got like they're like green skinned kind of. I think of them as like these little green skinned kind of plant creatures, and on these bottles were were uh these little faces let me see i'm gonna look at the i'm gonna roll the footage i'm gonna look at this there were, there were one two three four five 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 of them up there synchronicity wow so interesting And there's a telephone pole nearby, which I took pictures of. Let's see if there are any... uh... Clues here. The number on this telephone pole is 432-9507, it looks like. So if that number means something to you, 432-95077. Wow, interesting. Then we saw a tree that had fallen over there that looked like it had tentacles on it. It looked like this, like, ah, this creature. It's an old uh, palm tree. All the palm leaves. So it was really... So yeah, so in a sense, I mean, we might not have seen physical, you know, like real life fairies, but I would say that the fact it was called space dust, and it it inspired us so much, we got a a six pack on the way home. But yeah, the, the space dust... It's a little green face. And then coming out of its mouth is like all this cosmic dust. It's all smiley, wide-eyed. Wow, incredible. It's, It's just, it's so incredible. I mean, space dust, like the universe is going, yep, we're here with you. So... Test it out if you want. Rando Nautica. Rando Nautica. See what you come up with. I'd love to hear what you find. Call me on the hotline. 561-203-9179. Call me on the hotline. It's also the uh, Wisefinger hotline. Leave a voice message on there. You can also email me inspiradoprojecto at gmail.com email me your story if you did a randonautica I'd love to hear I'd love to hear your story I'll put it on the podcast alright that's all for now thanks for listening take care I was just thinking about the idea of how I haven't been totally truthful with this podcast in terms of this this was basically going to become my audio diary, my audio journal. And there are things that I've written down that I haven't told you about. I think some of the reasons are and, for, and, and well, I'll first say the reasons. The reasons are is that these are such important ideas to me um that I just I, I want to be a part of. I want to be. I want to make these things now. You know, I I want I want to. If I'm going to make this with people, I want to be included on these ideas, rather than someone just taking the idea and running off with it. Some executive out there, and you're going, oh yeah, this is great. I was looking for ideas for movies, and here's this perfect idea for a movie. And okay, cool, thank you so much, and sayonara. And um, and then I end up seeing my movie idea getting made into a movie, and I'm wondering how the heck did that happen? Not realizing that one of my listeners was a financier.
or movie producer uh, who then was able to just go ahead and hijack that idea. And I, and, and I, I, you know, which is crazy. Why, why am I envisioning that kind of horrible ending? Why? Why? Because uh, after all, it would just become a reaffirmation that I just need to just create, create my creations the way that I'm creating them. Now, I used to say, look, if you're going to use my ideas, please at least credit me or include me in them in some way. If you're going to make a movie out of this idea or a song. Because uh, I do read my idea book a lot, and I will, I'll read, I will read from, from that, from the past. Uh, so, uh, um, so I was thinking about this. I was thinking about the idea of how writers, well, heck, just like I expressed, someone taking this idea and running off with it, it's like, why not include those people? We've heard of so many stories like that where people go in and they pitch an idea. What was it? Um, I think someone was telling me Two Broke Girls. There's a whole story about that. They know the girl who actually wrote the Two Broke Girls pilot. Um, and then they, the person they pitched the idea to then said no thanks we're not we don't need that and then they went off with the producer and created the show anyway um and then the the original writer the original creator of that show was then you know just not not even known uh as not even accredited as the one who came up with that idea could you imagine if they just gave a little bit of credit to that person it could make everybody's lives so much better number one for the collaborative spirit just for the give and take of it and and no and and bringing so, someone into the fold who really you know could would appreciate the leg up would really appreciate and be grateful for that opportunity uh but so it's just great to you know it's great to be in those positions where you share you share you share credit on on stuff if you're both creating together it's just kind of a rotten idea to to just take people's ideas and and go off and create with it. Now I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this. So there are other writers who are worried about bringing these ideas into these producers because they're worried that those producers are going to say, "Well, re- we reserve the right to say no to your project because we might already have something in the archives that resembles that," and that's what they can always hide behind. You know, if you if you pitch this to us, we say no. That's because we already have something in the archives that one of our writers has has thought of. Um, or there are those cases where they go, okay, well, if you tell us your idea, we can't guarantee that we don't have that idea or whatnot. Or if we use that idea, we're not going to include you. I I don't know exactly. There's so many of these crazy rules. So I was just thinking of the other side of the table being the one who decides, okay, I've got a bunch of ideas here that I'm brainstorming, I'm working on. I'm going to open up my resources to, to other writers to say, look, pitch your ideas to us because we, we'd like to, you know, we would say we got some financing. We want to hire you guys and put, uh, you know, if you pitch ideas to us. Now... What if I already have an idea about a, let's say, oh, I know, how about a colony of fish? They just fall from the sky. And they're fish with legs. They got, they got legs and they can jump far. So these are fish that fall from the sky. They land in an in, in area during, during a rainstorm. And these things hop around and they kill kill the villagers. Okay, let's say I, I've got this movie idea brewed up. I've been wanting to do this for the longest time. That's something I want to do. It's going to be called It Came From The Clouds. Or They Came From The Clouds. Whatever. Uh, and I got this idea and I've been brewing on this thing. I've been thinking about this. And then someone comes along... 
I open up the doors to writers coming in, the, the writer goes, hey, I got this idea. It's like fish, it's these fish creatures that fall from the sky and they land, you know, during a rainstorm and they start, you know, destroying the town, eating people. Now, there's an egotistical piece of me that steps in and goes just out of sheer principle. You know, there's that ego self that's tapping at the going, hey, don't, don't, don't let that person in. You had that idea first. And now, if you let them in, they might rearrange your original idea that you wanted, that you had all along. You've been working hard to do. But then if you bring them in and you tell them, look, I already have a concept remarkably similar to that. Um, do you want to be a part of this? They might come in and go, okay, well, did you steal these ideas from me? And you go, no, I swear. We, you know, we've had meetings about this idea and stuff like that. But, okay, so if you bring them in. Um, you know, there's that ego of like, wait, I had the idea. But then there's also that aspect of... If you say, no, we already have that idea, sorry. Would I feel, I would feel strange about making that movie without that person. Because if I did make it, then they could sue me and go, hey, that's that same idea I had. It must be a very strange position for these companies to be in. But I'd like to believe the right answer would be, That's an interesting thing. It's like the idea blips your antenna maybe years in advance and then someone else gets that idea and they present the idea to you as if it's their idea. There's, there's, there's that battle of that. There's that be- battle of that, that egotistical uh, aspect where it's like, no, 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 that was my idea three or four years ago and now you're telling me the idea as if it's yours, as if it's brand new. And then there's that egotistical self that says, no, you need to know that I had the idea first and you're just riffing off of an idea that I already had. <laughs> you need to pay respect to that. Well, what? You got to realize that I already had this thing all, you know, thought out already. There's a whole version I got invent. Now you're telling me this idea, but now you're adding that whole version to it. It's like, wow. What a strange. But you could collaborate. See, that's the, that could be the universe going, look, this person has this idea. You have it too. Let's work together because we could grow. To, evidently, we're, evidently we're, we're blipping on the same waves here. This, we're in the same brain wave <laughs> reservoir here. So... Let's both tap into it. Let's relax. Let's hang out here. Have a good time. Keep on dreaming. Keep on imagining. And build this thing together. Because after all, wouldn't this be the most ideal mind to collaborate with? When you want, when you collaborate on projects, you want to work with people who are not, who are, who are. I'll say this dreaming up more of that reality adding upon it adding upon it there's enough room for all the ideas man you know it's so interesting because like with one movie there's so many different perspectives so you could shoot a whole movie and I think they did that with red white and blue if I'm not mistaken Remember my buddy Sebastian Howley tell me about that movie, and I still got to see it because I had this idea, and now we've seen it a lot in the me- in, in the media, which is which is great to see this. Uh, the idea of showing angles from a different perspective of that same exact incident happening. One movie shows this person's, you know journey that they went on during that movie we see it through these 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 characters eyes 
second movie is through these other characters' eyes, which are sort of, you know, you see a, let's say you see something happening in the background, some crazy thing going on in the background while this other thing's happening in the foreground. In the background, now all of a sudden, now you got another movie, and then that, that becomes a main incident for another movie. Uh... And then, you know, another movie, same thing. We've seen a lot of this type of stuff happening, like, for instance, in Lost. Uh, Watchmen, the new Watchmen TV show. Umbrella Academy. so interesting how time can be so relative in in particulars characters eyes i don't know if i talk about this with twin peaks season three i've been watching that i've been watching norseman which is a phenomenal show i've been reading tufty the priestess i'm still reading that uh i'm also reading reading, well, a new Mad Magazine that Jack Bristow sent to me. He's the same guy who sent me the other bundle of Mad Magazines. Such a cool guy. I know through him through all the Andy Kaufman stuff. If you type in Andy Kaufman faked his death, you'll find a, a Huffington Post article with me, Jack Bristow, Bob Pagani, who's friends with Andy Kaufman, a bunch of other folks. And it was that article that led John Lundberg and the gang from the UK to make a documentary called Kaufman Lives. And John Lundberg came out here and he stayed uh, in town. And then we went around and we went to meet some of these very close friends of Andy Kaufman. The Norseman, great show. Money Heist will be back on again soon. I've also been watching The Boys, season two. I've been really soaking in a lot of information. I was used to putting out, well, I'm also creating a lot of TikTok videos too. Having fun with those. I'm getting kind of addicted to that. Wisefinger Lab is paused for a moment. Just pause, just for a moment. Um, but Kapow, we're still accepting submissions. If you have movies you want to submit, submit them to kapowiff.com. K-A-P-O-W-I-F-F.com. Kapowiff.com. It's Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival. You, of course, can leave me uh, some messages. Inspiratoprojecto at gmail.com and I'll put them into the show. I've also been going down the rabbit hole of Mesmer and Braid. M-E-S-M-E-R and B-R-A-I-D dot com. Mesmer and Braid dot com. Take that collaborator test. It's a whole new ARG if I didn't talk about it already. Alt- alternate reality game. I feel like I'm getting close to the epicenter here. I'm figuring... I think I'm figuring out who the key players are. It's a lot of fun to see how it's all unfolding. Following all the Andy Kaufman stuff has sure sharpened my perspective when it comes to the media duping the populace. Um, I'd say rewatch 1984 if I were you. Two good companion pieces would be watching 1984 and V for Vendetta. Watch 1984 first, and then V for Vendetta, and then let me know what your thoughts are. I'm not even going to give anything away. I'm not going to give anything away, but it was a mind-bender. I saw those two movies within probably a few days of each other, and I was astonished. I was astonished with what I found. Check those out. 
Uh, Yachtly Crew is going to have a show, by the way, October 2nd. October 2nd. It's going to be in the town of Rubido at a drive-in. By the way, those fires are going like crazy all across the West Coast. Let's put out the good vibes for those fires to stop right now. I smell the smell of campfire burning. There is a cloud over everything. All those fires in, in the northern uh, Northern California. Oh my gosh, so sad. There's some partying. They use pyrotechnics there. They started a fire. I mean, are those people held accountable? If you accidentally start a fire that burns down all these homes, kills people, burns up, you know, 43,000 acres, are you at all held responsible for that? Would that be at least a misdemeanor? Would that be, you know, would you get arrested for that? Would there be a penalty? I realize, I think inside there's this idea of there's that idea of, um, you know, having someone to blame for something, that retribution, that, you know, that idea of justice and justice. There's no justice if it's just a random concept. <laughs> Concepts are, you can't put a concept in a jail cell <clears throat> and hold them there so they're away from everybody. It's like weird, there's that satisfaction that comes from knowing that an enemy is being, receiving 40 lashings or uh, uh, solitary confinement. They're just there, they're stuck in their own haunted uh, mind. Ultimately, there's that idea that you don't want them to get away with it again. You just don't want them to do it again. Like, come on, just be good. Ideally, you're, you're an upstanding citizen and you're good to people. That's the ideal situation. That's the ideal it seems to be the desired default is one who does the golden rule. The golden rule is akin to standing in the mirror. I'm learning so much from reading Tufty the Priestess. It's so interesting how it's using the mirror analogy. This is another example. Oh my gosh. And this just falls right in line with the whole ubiquitous serendipity, serendipitous ubiquity, ubiquity which I'll get deep into at some point. Ubiquitous serendipity, serendipitous ubiquity. U-S-S-U, that's Usu. That's the term that uh, Eric Kleinberg and I have created. Usu embraces coincidences, synchronicities, serendipities, palindromes, infinity, the hourglass, so much, so much. So much. It's amazing how many ideas that have blasted the antenna and I'm seeing them laid out within this book here. It's exciting. There's a, there's like a, hey, you know, create. I got to tell you, man, this is so strange, man. I'm seeing pictures of people out there in outside and it looks like Blade Runner outside. It looks like Mars because these, these, the, this, it's just, all fog up in the sky right now. Son, we know, you know that we know that you're up there behind this fog. You're up there still. You're still up there. There's an illusion. There's an illusion cast before us that you're not there, but you are. I wonder if you could project, huh, on a ceiling of fog. That's kind of like a projection screen. I wonder what would happen if you, if you, huh, be interesting to, to project, uh, if you could project a movie, I don't know how many lumens you would need in order for that to happen. Even I'm looking at these trees right here. How many lumens would I need on a projector to blast it, blast an image at night onto these trees at a certain time? It gets dark out. Imagine brrr, you put a, you make them look like they're talking and stuff. Wow, it's astonishing. Progress is being made. Jackhammers—that's the sound of progress, I think. Right? 
I think that's the sound of progress. Progress? Hello, Mr. Progress. Snoke. Snake. Wait. Sneak? The sneak? There's an idea for a character that came to me earlier today. It was, I think it was called the sneak. The sneaky? Sneako. Sneako. I think it was Sneako. Yeah, Sneako. And he was like a, uh, like a ninja. Like, he could sneak, or he could sneak around so well. He was almost silent. Maybe he's a barefoot character. Sneako. Sneako. All right, folks, that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. I love it when you participate, too. Participate by calling the hotline, 561-203-9179, or baby, 561-203-9179. We'll give you an example after this of some uh, people who've called in. Thank you for listening to Inspirano Projector. Inspirato Projecto, what are your thoughts on Tinker Toy Soldier? Thank you, Man Behind the Machine. I have not seen that movie. However, you did mention Snowden and you did mention Julian Assange. I am aware of those guys. I read the WikiLeaks when they came out on, was people were uploading them on Twitter in 2016. I thought it was astonishing the amount of information that was in those emails and code words and such. Um so confused me that this information was leaked and it was so interesting to see that the very people that were mentioned in these emails who were saying some very questionable things um, I it's, it's kind of like the idea of like when someone gets caught with their hand in the cookie jar and then somehow uh they get the authorities to believe that you are actually the person who had their hand in the cookie jar instead. Master, we are now descending onto Earth. What are our next orders? Destroy all humans. You heard the master. We must proceed and destroy all humans. Start our descension onto Earth. Excuse me. Excuse me. Please do not touch my unblat. Hey, it's okay, man. Hey, I'm with the TSA. Hey, hey, hey. Did you say the TSA? That's right, man. Out of this world, buddy. Yeah. Hey, TSA all the way. I apologize. I don't know where my head was at. Please, please proceed. All right, man, that's the way. Hey, 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 out of this world. Get out of here. Yoo! Hey, hey, hey. Thank you for calling in, giving us a behind the scenes look at the TSA. One of the few companies out there in the world that are allowed to feel you up, feel you down, um, strip search you, put you in a scanner that shows all your bits and pieces, uh, a company that can take your stuff, take your family heirlooms even, and throw them in the nearest trash can. Um, thank you for exposing this clandestine activity clandestine this expose I vow to let the populace know about what's going on and you're the one who gave me the perfect PSA about the TSA
fake laugh. Fake laugh. Fake laugh. Thank you so much, Craig Spivak from Spivakcast for calling in and providing such an extraordinary laugh track for the world and for society at large and society at small, all the societies within the microcosms, the macrocosms, the planks, the subplanks, uh, and you know, your general subatomic particles, quarks, uh, atoms, all of it, all of it, all of it, the fabric of the universe. On behalf of them, me, everyone else, thank you. Even the dolphins, thank you. Keep those laughs coming. Whoa, okay, this is, okay, I'm composing this very episode, it's the 10th, September. In this episode, uh, I've included my buddy Craig Spivak, and also a segment from Man Behind the Machine about Tinker Taylor, uh, Soldier Spy. And it's so funny, because right after I got done arranging this episode, apparently I had my, uh, my phone on mute, after arranging this episode, I looked at my text messages. There were a bunch of them on there from uh, Yachtly Crew. And then there was one from Craig that said, I love Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, by the way. That is all. And I'm like, what the heck? He said that as I was putting this particular episode together. And I just realized that there was another episode that I had done where a man behind the machine had asked me if I'd seen that movie. This is the first time he mentioned uh, Snowden and Julia Assange. Uh and, wow, I had to document the synchronicity. I mean, it, 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 it's, you just can't pass this stuff up. You just can't. Oh, my gosh. I'm blown away, man. I'm blown away. Oh, man, my mind is spinning. Hi, this is Jay Ossing from Twin Peaks The Return. You're listening to Inspirado Projecto.